0: Welcome back, everyone, or just welcome. If you're new here, we're so glad that you're hanging out with us. Hello. Hello, hello. Welcome to our show. We are your hosts. I'm Rachel. I'm Michelle. And we are, this is our show, Watching Up. Welcome. Welcome. You know where you are, and we're so glad that you're here. Um, This is our show where we talk about pop culture, celebrity news, and most importantly, or maybe most prominently, we talk about movies, but not in like the toxic film bro culture way. No. This is a safe space for the girlies, the guys, the gays, the theys. We can all talk about film.
1: (laughs) You're welcome here, even if you haven't seen Casablanca. Even if you haven't seen two years ago, (laughs) (laughs) even if you haven't
0: seen Psycho, yeah, you're welcome here. here.
1: Even if your favorite movie is Ant Man, (laughs) just
0: kidding. (laughs) Maybe not you. No, just kidding.
1: (laughs) How are you doing, sister? I'm doing great. I've just been feeling that springtime energy. Seasonal depression lifting off my shoulders. Oh, good. Yeah. I thought
0: you were going to say setting in, and I was like, dang.
1: <laughs> no, like, I feel like whenever <laughs> winter's finally comes to a close, I, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is Life fine. is good. Life is, <laughs> yeah. life is good. Like, I like this. <laughs>
0: yeah. I love spring. I like the, like, I feel like the transitional seasons, like fall and spring, are my favorites. Um, just because it feels like ushering in a new a new
1: part of the year. <laughs> yes. Yes. Change is always welcome. Did
0: you do anything fun this weekend?
1: I did. I went to a spring fling party.
0: Oh, cool.
1: It was just like a little you backyard have a soiree. I know. I was asking my friend what to wear to it. She was like, wear your springiest, flingiest outfit. And I was like, I (laughs) still don't know what that means, but (laughs) no, it was fun. Um, they just had like live music and, um, an open bar and it was fun. And a little photo booth.
0: Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Was it, was it, you said it was outside, like in the yeah, backyard, it was in a, it or? was in
1: someone's backyard at this really nice house in a really nice um neighborhood in Dallas, and I was like, ooh, yeah. I've never been That's- in one of these houses before. <laughs> I <laughs> look love at that. me now, Any- mom. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah.
0: <laughs> anytime I like. Anytime. I, like, find someone who, like, invites me over and I'm like, oh, your house is in this area that I've always been curious about? I'm like, yes, I
1: finally get to see what it looks like inside. Put on my investigative journalism hat and be like, what's going on in this neighborhood? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Well, that sounds,
0: like, fun. Was Mm -hmm. it, like, work friends or just your...
1: So, it was my... So, our realtor, who's also one of my really good friends, it was her like real estate brokerage, like throws Mm -hmm. this party every year. So if you are a client of theirs, you kind of get invited to these like little festive events. So (laughs) I was like, why not? I've got nothing going on.
0: (laughs) You got to meet the other people that she helped find a house. Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. Well, uh, did you do anything else? We finished painting our den. Well, not really. But we finished, like, the hard part. So I decided – I think I talked about this last week. But we decided to paint the top part and the ceiling, like, this white color. And then I'm going to do this, like, picture frame chair mold or paneling that we have on the bottom, like, a beige color. So we Mm -hmm. finished the white part, which was, like, the hardest part. And getting, like, on the ceiling, it was just a nightmare because – I technically probably shouldn't be on a ladder, <laughs> probably not considering <laughs> my injury, but I was just, just trying to get the job done. So we finished that, and then I need to go back and do the bottom part, which I was supposed to be kind of doing during the week when I have time, but I haven't started mm-hmm. yet. Um, yeah. And then I get to do the fun stuff, which I don't love painting. I like the effect, of like how much it changes the room, but I don't like physically doing the painting. But yeah. I love like decorating and finding furniture and like switching out light fixtures and all that like stuff that you do last. So yeah. I'm excited to get to that yeah stage of the be game. Good. Yeah.
0: So you painted it white. It was like gray before,
1: right? Like it was the wall like behind you. Knew- yeah. It was like the wall behind me and now it's white.
0: Nice. You've been doing a lot of painting. I know. I thought you were going
1: to do... Weren't you going to do like a moody color in there before? Did you change your mind? I changed my mind just because I did a moody color in the dining room. And it turned out a lot kind of darker than I guess I like thought in my head. Which is not bad. Mm -hmm. Like I like how it looks. But I don't want to do like a bunch of dark rooms like... And I also... I've been in this space of trying to like bring more light in, like, you know, so switching out blinds with like kind of more sheer um, window coverings so I could bring Mm -hmm. more like sunlight in and then painting it white. It really just makes it look a lot brighter and more welcoming. So, yeah, but I am going to do like a moody vibe around the bar area. Yeah. So TBD on that. I have nice. Are you still thinking tiles? I have kind back of moved away kind of. from tiles because tiles are very expensive, I've learned. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did see this idea where you can put in like an aged mirror yeah. kind of look. Like a
0: mercury glass kind of. Yeah,
1: kind of. So I want to mm-hmm. get a quote to put a mirror on the back wall, do – I mean, this is not gonna make sense to anybody who can't see it. Do like shelves on the side and then like there's cabinets below. And I think I'm gonna try to paint those like the deep burgundy maroon color that I did in the dining room. So like that little section of the room will be like vibey moody. Moody. Bar, if you're feeling moody, vibe. come get a drink. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> nice. it's exciting. It's exciting to get something done and just feel like you're making progress.
0: Yeah, for sure. I'm Jealous. <sighs> I wish I had a house.
1: That was really what we did all weekend. We did that Saturday and Sunday, mm-hmm. and then Sunday. Well, we'll get to it. But we- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll get to it. Oh so, my God. what did you do all weekend?
0: Uh, Well, this weekend, my company actually had uh, every year around this time, we do like a full company gathering and I work for like a a pretty small company. There's Mm -hmm. only like, I think there's like 25 to 30 of us. Mm -hmm. So um, it's pretty small, but we do have a few people who live out of state. And since we all have been working from home pretty much since the, the pandemic, um, we don't get to see each other a lot. So the people from out of state flew in and we all had a gathering. We actually went to my boss's um, house, which speaking of like areas that you're curious about, I had no idea that he lived in the area he lives in. And I was like, I drive down this street every day and I've always wondered what's like tucked back here. And so <laughs> I got to see <laughs> like what, what it was. And apparently it's like a farm and he has
1: <laughs> emus <laughs> i know tell us about the gorgeous stunning emus you got to meet. i am so jealous
0: yeah there were emus um one of them is like fully grown like a big adult i think he had him since he was a baby though and um and then he has the second one that is a baby right now so it was oh cute gosh. i got to like i was a little bit like kind of scared of the big one i was like I don't know what you're gonna do. I feel like I always see TikToks of like the aggressive emus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he said, he was like he's super friendly, but I was just kind of like I don't want him charging at me because they're gigantic. Well, so um, why
1: why does he have emus just for fun? Just for pets, yeah. Are they very like trainable and like loving? I don't or, know. Like-
0: He like he he seems like he loves his emails (laughs) and he like he like showed us how he was just like trying to prove like that he's friendly. So he went in there and was like giving him pets and like hugs and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. But other than the fact that he has like a lot of land so he can like accommodate that type of animal so um so yeah and he has chickens i think it was he just has emu's chickens and then he has like two dogs (laughs) two tiny little dogs um but yeah it was fun i got so with the baby one he was kind of in a little coop with a couple of other baby chickens Mm-hmm. And he, we were able to like interact with him, and I fed him some blueberries. Mm-hmm. And if you hold the blueberry up like high enough, they'll jump. And apparently, an what? emu like
1: a, what blueberries? Why blueberries? Just they just like uh, yeah,
0: I don't know. Any, I they'll guess, eat anything what really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you apparently a full grown emu can have like a six foot vertical. Which is
1: crazy. Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> reminds me of Scrubs. So, yeah. The show. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it was wild. But it was fun. Like, uh, if you have... The only thing that he said is if, like, you're wearing a lot of, like, shiny jewelry or something, they'll mm-hmm. want to, like, peck at the thing that's shiny. And Ooh. so... If you, he, I saw him like pecking at somebody's ring and like stuff like that.
1: That's <laughs> so cool. I like that. I want to meet an emu one day. Yeah. When you're in Texas,
0: you can live in the middle of a fully populated <laughs> area and mm. still have emus. So yeah. It's kind of funny.
1: I wouldn't have been surprised if you were like, he has zebras and like, cause there's those yeah. places out there that have all these. Crazy and crazy yeah.
0: oh, copies and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that was fun. So that was like the first part. And then the next day we had the option to go to Inner Space Caverns, which is just like a natural cavern mm-hmm. um north of Austin. Um I decided not to go just because I was like yeah, I've seen caverns before, so mm-hmm. I didn't really feel uh compelled to go. But afterwards we all met up at uh this place called Cidercade. I think they have them other places, but it's just like an arcade bar basically. Mm-hmm. And we just went one out in there. Dallas. That's where we yeah. saw Jason sudeikis one time. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I love him. He's hot. <laughs> But yeah, that was pretty much all I did. And then, yeah, Sunday, I just chilled and tried to watch TV. (laughs) But we were not as successful as we expected to be. Mm -mm. So I think we could go ahead and hop into the tragedy that was. The Love is blind live reunion. We also need to recap weddings too, but I right. think the reunion was kind of the big news of the, oh. <laughs> of
1: the finale. First of all, <laughs> nobody asked for it to be live. Literally. Nobody
0: asked for this. Hon- Why are you doing this? Honestly,
1: I would prefer that it wasn't because you know, with reunions like on Bravo, they will film for like nine hours. And get, like, the best stuff. And, like, when you just have your, like, block of one and a half hours to ask questions, like, yeah, you're not going to get as deep into, like, some of the topics that the audience wants to see as you would if you could, like, just – Film a bunch of content and cut it together with all the best moments. So Yes.
0: I truly don't know what they were thinking. And we'll probably get more into this down the line. But my main complaint is Nick and Vanessa – I think that they were abysmal. So bad. And I'm like, you cannot rely on these two to host, let alone a recorded reunion. You can't rely on them to host a live reunion. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, Nick is like like, like, almost just like a prop. He does nothing. He doesn't do shit. And then Vanessa is just not great at listening, She doesn't listen. She doesn't listen and respond. She like is just she's like already thinking of the next thing to move mm-hmm. on to and then it kind of just feels like the conversation she was having dies and she wants to yeah. move on to the next thing and you're like we got nowhere with that We got
0: nowhere we have none of the information that we actually like needed or wanted Right
1: <sighs> but, but she was just like really bothering
0: me the entire time
1: Okay well before we get into that let's i guess backtrack to the weddings because, yeah. well, we can just like quickly go over like how it played out. Yeah. Right. So, so.
0: it opened back up because the previous episode left on a cliffhanger mm. of Kwame and Chelsea's wedding mm-hmm. um, on whether or not he was going to say yes. And he
1: did. Which was a spoiler I saw. Yeah. Because I was like, people were like, I saw on Twitter, people were like, well, marriage licenses are public data so you can go on right. and, like, figure out who got married, like, yeah, from the that's first no fun. episode. That's no fun. <laughs> but, like, I saw that on Twitter and I was like, what? <laughs> I was shocked yeah, that he shocking. was like, yes.
0: And it's funny because now with the, co- with the context, I guess, or the added context of the reunion, I like really feel like they're legit. And so I'm just like the editing must have just been really bad right. and just to have strictly only shown the bad stuff because there was no indication before Mm-mm. the alter that he was going to say yes. Not at but all. But now I see that and I'm like, he, oh, they like, seem like they they're made it seem like he
1: didn't even like her. Yeah. Or like want to be around her whatsoever.
0: Yeah, he was like I'm literally giving up my life for you uh like <laughs> literally
1: no yeah so I agree I feel like the editing must have just been crazy on there
0: yeah and it's like some of that stuff you can't like fake like clearly he was giving her like attitude at points and stuff like that but just without the context of probably the positive stuff that was going on it just kind of like you know throws off your perspective yeah which is um, probably
1: what they wanted.
0: Right. But I am happy for them. Like, they seem happy um, at the reunion, I thought. Like, I feel like surprisingly all the, not to jump ahead, but all the couples that, like, ended up together kind of seem pretty solid. Yeah. So.
1: More solid than, like, Colleen and what's-his-face Matt from right. Yeah, um, I don't know. I kind of still feel like Kwame gives me the ick.
0: Yeah, there's just
1: something about him where I'm like, I don't fully trust anything you're saying, but right, I'll let, I'll see where this goes. We'll see. Yeah, um, I
0: yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm being too optimistic,
1: but <laughs> like I like Chelsea. I really like Chelsea, I so do. I, I really want like I want to believe that she has like really good instincts and would like know if like there were flags mm-hmm. being thrown, but. I don't know. There's just something about him. Yeah. We'll see.
0: We'll see how it plays out. He was riding a mechanical bull by himself at a bar recently, so, so <laughs> who strange. knows what's going on there. <laughs>
1: by himself. <laughs> um, was he okay. there all alone and just wanted that's to what the, That's what the TikTok said. He wasn't even said. with friends? I, I am
0: not that I know. That's us. That's us. <laughs> It was probably like
1: midday to like 2 p.m. Just a quick jaunt to this bar to ride the mechanical bull. To the bull. (laughs) To the bull. He does it like every single lunch break.
0: Yeah. It's like next door to his office. That's Um, hilarious. Okay, so the next couple we saw, I believe, is Paul and Micah.
1: I have thoughts.
0: Say it. Just go.
1: Okay. So what happened was they got up to the altar and Micah was like, I believe I would like to hear your answer first. And then he was like, basically like, I don't think we're ready for marriage. Like, we're just not at that level yet. So I have to say no mm-hmm. at this point. And then she like runs off crying. Okay. Okay. She says that she would have said yes if he had said yes, but I don't believe that at all.
0: I mean, we have no way
1: of knowing for sure. I think that she purposefully wanted him to go first so he could be the first one to say no and she could look like the victim instead of so looking he like could a be bitch. The bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. Like I 100% think no one can convince me otherwise like there was nothing about their relationship that made me think she was fully invested in him
0: mm-hmm. at
1: all. So I don't, I don't, I just don't believe that she was like, I just needed that last confidence boost that he like yeah. wanted to be with me. Like, I really don't think that was the case.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, it's kind of, it's kind of a no lose situation to be the second person to answer, you know, right? like you're going to. Either way, it's, like, unless, you, you know, the, the first person, person says yes, and yes, then, and then yeah, you had to say but, no.
1: But, but I if think,
0: you are, yeah, if you were certain about it, and you were going to say yes, yeah, then it's a no-lose situation. Right, yeah. like,
1: if she was going to say yes, and he says no, then she still looks like the victim. So, it's, yeah. like, she was never, I don't think she ever, she just wanted to, like, game it so that she could come out looking, like, yeah. the sympathetic Person, which I still don't think worked, because at the end of the day, I still think that was another. Okay, we'll get to the. Sorry, I'm holding my lip gloss. We'll get to the. (laughs) uh... (laughs) We'll get to the reunion, but that was another thing about the reunion that bothered me. Micah, Micah. Well, the fact that they like had this whole compilation of like Irina being like a bitch and a mean girl, and Micah was part of all of it, and they didn't Mm -hmm. call her out at all. Yeah. So yeah, that's true.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have thoughts as well,
1: but we'll, we'll get there when we get there. But, but do you um, agree? She, I, I just don't think she was going to say yes. I
0: do. I mean, anyone could say like, yeah, I was going to say yes. So like we have no way of verifying that. Right. So, <laughs> so it's like, yeah, of it was very strategic,
1: like more than like, I want to do this for my, like, own knowledge like it was it was more a strategic yeah. move I feel like yeah she
0: was like I think you should go first <laughs> he's like okay well yeah but and I do okay so let's talk about the things that he said regarding like her not being not I don't ex- remember exactly his he words, said he, but he couldn't worded it wrong. see
1: her as a mom and that was okay, one of yeah. his reservations Yeah. I think that's valid. I don't know. Like, I mean, I think that would hurt to hear if you're Micah, but if you're literally in a relationship and you can't picture the person you're with as being the mother of your children, that's.
0: So, did he say, I can't see her being a mom to my children or. I can't see her being a mom. I feel like how he worded it was wrong, but, like, I do get where he's coming from.
1: I think he said a a mother, but, like, I don't... I mean, obviously, I think you have to, like, read context in, like, him saying that. Like, I don't... And, and you kind of get an idea of like the kind of person he is. I don't think he would just like be like, you're a bad person, which I mean, if you're not a mom, that doesn't mean you're a bad person either. Right. It just means like for him, like when he's trying to picture his life and like who's going to be the mother of his children, he didn't see that in her. Mm-hmm. And that I feel like that's valid. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And that, that's what I was kind of confused because my friend, te- after we watched the reunion, my friend was texting me and she was like, I just kind of got a bad vibe when he said this. And I was like, oh, I totally missed that. So like, I don't even have the context for what exactly he said. Yeah. Um, But I can see, you know, given the context of his like response to it at the reunion, like I get where he's coming from, mm-hmm. but I also get how she was probably hurt by that. So it's like I don't yeah. know. I
1: understand. And then both Vanessa sides. just kept digging and I was like, There's yeah, nothing else she- to talk about. But like <laughs> she kept said-
0: she kept dwelling on the stuff that were like, We don't we don't care about this. We want to know about this. And she kept like dwelling on the wrong stuff. And it was just kind Bizarre. of
1: like, Ugh. yeah. Okay, and then did you see the part where people thought he, like, grabbed that girl's butt?
0: Yes, I saw the TikTok. People were, like, reading so much into it. I saw this one TikTok
1: that was, like... I was, like, like, if her mom didn't walk right in front, we would have got a way better view of what happened. Literally.
0: I saw this one TikTok that was, like... Did you see Paul touch this girl's butt? Here is this girl's profile. She looks kind of like Irina. They both have dark hair. He likes witchy girls. I think he was actually attracted to Irina. Like it read so much into it. Like, I was like, oh my okay. god.
1: <laughs> From one second, <laughs> yeah, not that. fully visible interaction. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. After we after the reunion, he was like, if anyone who can misconstrue that into anything other than like me trying to squeeze by then but then ridiculous. micah's face
1: was like okay like savage <laughs> doesn't know. know shit <laughs> um but i'm like yeah, does she even like her friends like she always I'm talks not. about them like i don't know like that I girl like was her bridesmaid, it- and she was like, Yeah, that bitch. Like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know. I really don't think that it was what people are saying it was, though.
1: <laughs> okay. So there was, but there was no, there was no universe in which they would have worked out. I feel like I just, yeah, I didn't see it.
0: Yeah, but I, I was still, at the end of it, I was just still kind of, like, like recounting everything. And I was like, they're the only couple that didn't end up together. That's kind of crazy. That is crazy. Well, except yeah. for... Oh, Marshall and Jackie. Yeah. yeah. But the, the out of the ones that made it to the altar, yeah. Um, Anything else on them? I think we... Can no, over I'm over it. I'm over Micah. <laughs> Same. So next we saw Brett and Tiffany... The king and queen of the season. They're so cute. I love them. And I love I want to be married to them. There was nothing
1: dramatic. I knew there wasn't going to be like, you knew the whole time they were both going to say yes. And like- They both
0: just seemed like at peace because they knew what the other one was And I loved the
1: part that where he had to go get his pants fixed because I was like, that would literally be me. I would be livid.
0: I was going to say, they were at peace except for when he had like a meltdown <laughs> about the pants. Yeah. But yeah, he was like, no. And I was like, good for you. Yeah, they should I was bring like, in a They can shirt. wait
1: for 30 minutes while I get my they pants fixed. I um, always think
0: about how bold of a choice it is to wear white or for at least for a guy to wear white because when people hug you like on your shoulder. Mm-hmm like i would be scared that my makeup would come off on you and like you stuff can like tell that.
1: that he really does have excellent taste though because i feel like a lot of times like that bold color like a white all white tux or like a purple tux or something can look a little cheesy but the way mm-hmm. he did it with like the tan and his like groomsmen were in tan and like it yeah. just looked really good like i like applaud him for pulling that off because it's not easy <laughs>
0: Same. Yeah. Definitely a bold choice, but he did it in the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was so cute. I know. They're just so happy. And then they seem so in love. And like, yeah, it was just like drama free. Like there was no family drama. Like everyone was so supportive and yeah. everything like that. Yeah. So you love to see it.
1: They're the best ones. And then at the reunion when they were showing those videos of like, the couple's like lives now like in their houses and in yeah. their apartments We, I mean, when they were showing Tiffany and Brett I could just feel myself like smiling at the tv <laughs> <laughs> and then I looked over and my husband had this like huge grin on his face and I was like why are we so just happy watching
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're so happy <laughs> yeah
1: we're so happy our babies
0: oh and I love that okay so he kind of revealed that um he lives in port which i don't think we yeah they didn't talk about that which Which is is funny
1: because that was a huge deal yeah you see the chelsea and chelsea
0: and you see them and it wasn't even
1: she was like yeah i'll move
0: (laughs) yeah she was like yeah see you there (laughs) yeah i was like the whole time they were showing that and i was like i wonder if they ended up going for the bigger place
1: (laughs) it looked like it was it looked different than the one he showed
0: before. Mhm. Yeah. yeah, they were just so cute. And then in their like interviews when they were interviewing der- interviewing them during like the reception and mm-hmm. they're outside like on the the bed of the truck or whatever. They were just like so happy. And I she know. was like, "Let's go to the bridal suite." I know. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Me too. And then of course, Vanessa took that and like fucking ran with it. <laughs> she was like, "So, did you go to the bridal suite? Did you have
1: sex?" <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> this is I'd what you like, want to know what the hell like yeah. what would like us knowing that like how would that change any like that's not good information to try to get, like yeah who cares
0: <laughs> it was just like while she was saying that i was like you know she thought she ate she thought she was getting the hard-hitting answers <laughs> she's like nobody she was cares very,
1: i was very kind of getting secondhand embarrassment for her um and then was that it? I think that was it, as far as
0: them, and then, yeah, so the next couple we saw was Zach and Bliss, and um they I was pretty sure that they were both gonna say yes as well mm-hmm. I um, would
1: like I would like I said before, I would have would not have been surprised if they were like, "No, but we're gonna keep dating right, um, but yeah. they were so sweet to, uh, but if really that had do happened to each it, other.
0: If that had happened, it would have definitely been Bliss's decision. Right, right, right. right. I don't think there was any way that Zach was going to be like, no, yeah, because he was—he's like there to do the thing, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, they—they they are really sweet, and I feel like what something that Irina said in the reunion was like actually very true. She was just saying like the things about him that kind of like grossed me out are the things that bliss loves so much about him and i was like yeah that's true like she looks at him as if she's like she loves his quirks and like all of the the weird things he does like the constant eye contact yeah the very touchy feely type of stuff even like like
1: when they like i said they showed like their clips during the reunion and when they started bliss was just like turned directly towards him like staring at him and i was like (laughs) They're yeah, like they exactly like the
0: they, same. <laughs> they match. Yeah, it's really cute. Yeah.
1: Um.
0: So I'm so happy for them. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, in the time like th- they're getting ready, period. Mm-hmm. They this sa- it was kind of the same as with Tiffany and Brett. Like they all, they seemed just very certain mm-hmm. of like what they were going to do. And so instead of like stressing about it, they had the opportunity to just kind of like enjoy the process yeah. and stuff like that. So. Yeah, and I still just love her mom. I think she's great. I know. She's very Um, sweet. And her dad seemed to come around, which is good. Yeah. So, yeah, happily ever after. (laughs)
1: Let's hope.
0: Because she's never
1: going to get divorced. Ever.
0: (laughs) If it was me and I saw, I heard that song that he sang, (laughs) I was like. (laughs) <laughs> i think that's how everyone was in the room too i know and then <laughs> i was like but, like but it's so cute uh, because
1: they like it but it's they like, like it. so and that's all that matters. yeah
0: yeah <laughs> it's honestly like yeah that's something i admire in people when it's
1: just like they don't give a crap it's
0: objectively yeah. cringy but they're like i don't give a fuck this is romantic to me like yeah yeah, yeah. um so yeah, that's <laughs> very cute. Oh my God. Um, so happy for them. And like, like I said, like the way it shook out was like not what I expected. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I kind of feel like everyone's good. Yeah, time will tell. Yeah. Time will tell. <laughs> so let's talk about the tra- travesty that was <sighs> this live reunion quote unquote live reunion yeah. that w- never was didn't need to so, be live. well so we, when yeah go ahead I was just gonna say I sat down at 7 p.m central on Sunday turned on Netflix and clicked on play and I was like it's probably taking a while to load because like everyone's watching right now mm-hmm. and then it never started and it was like we're having trouble playing this title yeah. And then I, w- I like went on Twitter and they were like, we'll be on in 15 minutes. Yeah. And then it was radio silence for the next hour plus yeah. from Netflix. I was like, what are y'all doing? Yeah, that's
1: bizarre. This is kind of unacceptable. So and on crazy. our <laughs> end, like I was like, Oh, it starts at seven, but we were kind of like still finishing things. And I was like making dinner and I was like, we'll start it at like 730 and hopefully you can like rewind and like yeah. go to the beginning. And so around like 730, we like logged on and like clicked it and it was like spinning. And then I was like, what's going on? Because I had been on Twitter and I saw like, Bravo had tweeted something about like, we would never make you wait for a reunion or something like that. And I was like, what are they talking about? And then I saw like Netflix tweeted like we'll be on in 15 minutes. So I thought it had started at like 7.15 and it still wasn't on. So I like went on Twitter and then I went on like the hashtag and then like latest and like I was like, oh gosh, they're still not on. And so yeah. we were waiting until up until I think we waited till like eight. And I was like, oh, Succession's out. I want to watch that. So. Yeah, I just like went over Succession immediately at eight. O'clock. Yeah. I, um, I- but that is so crazy. Not only to market a live show, get everybody hype about it. Mm-hmm. Obviously not be ready technically to like pull it off. Mm-hmm. And then not to update people for hours like yeah so
0: many and you're you're netflix like yeah. you're literally netflix <laughs> well this is
1: like a technology that has been perfected by cable like decades ago yeah. you I know mean, it's you, like it's not like do it every day yeah, yeah. it's yeah. not like new technology so it just didn't make sense why i don't know like and they haven't come out and say exactly what happened but my yeah. guess would be that the amount of people trying to access the platform were overwhelming and they yeah. couldn't figure it out but um
0: i've seen speculation well cuz it's not even just volume at that point i went back the next day and i couldn't even play it so it's like i've seen speculation that it was like the venue that they were at didn't have reliable internet but then it's like why didn't you scout a better venue like you sh- that's the most important thing when you're streaming is obviously a secure internet
1: connection. Right. So what the hell? And like all of this technical stuff should be figured out days in advance. Like it's not like a yeah. thing you just show up to Probably and you're like, unique. hopefully this works. Like, you know, yeah. it's like you have a team that knows what they're doing and they like yeah. know that this is going to work. <laughs> like
0: Right. And just beyond that, yeah, the part that I found like especially shocking was that they weren't updating it, us for an over an hour. Right. And it's like, you were supposed to start at seven and it's eight 15. has happened? Yeah. And like,
1: yeah. it's just like something that people like, you know, they scheduled their day around it. Not that like, yeah. that's kind of embarrassing to like admit, but like when, like you have like a, a, an event television right. moment like people like being a part of that and people obviously love this franchise and like are very right. in tune with like what's going on so it's like to just leave people like update for an hour plus like it's not a good look
0: it's the easiest thing to just get on like have your have your social media person get on twitter and just tell us what's happening right. like unless that person got fired mid <laughs> like mid debacle just yeah but- just
1: be transparent like obviously we yeah. understand like not everything goes according to plan but just to like have us like refreshing for an hour like because we didn't yeah. want to miss something like that's
0: Right. Uh, yeah. It's like you said, with the way that they were marketing it, marketing it <laughs> to be this live event that you have to be here to see, like you have to be right. seated. And not only did it not, was it not live, but nothing happened <laughs> in the actual Yeah. And then union. they didn't deliver
1: so, like anything. Yeah. So we can get into so, that. So like, when did you watch? Because we didn't watch. Because I apparently it never was live. They just recorded it and then tried to get it up yeah. on the platform as fast as possible. Um, yeah. I think I did see a few people say they were able to like kind of watch a stream somewhere. I don't know how. Yeah,
0: some people got access to it somehow. But I did. I went on the next day to try and watch it. And it started playing, but I texted you, it was like buffering every five seconds. And then eventually it would just like crash and give me the same like error message. Mm -hmm. And then I saw a message on like the, the Netflix app that it wasn't going to be available until later that day. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, well, if I come back at this time, like I better be able to watch it. (laughs) Which you could have just
1: recorded Oh,
0: look, there's a blue jay, a blue jay
1: Ooh, outside my window. Um, You could have just recorded it and, like, put it up on Monday and, like, people would still watch yeah. it in droves. Like, you know, like, I don't know. It's, yeah. I'm like,
0: why don't you just do it like all your other content?
1: They um, were trying something. Well, it doesn't bode well for, like, the SAG Awards. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I know we talked about, like, how they got rides and they're not – they did it on YouTube this year, but – they're like mm-hmm. obviously trying to get this like live streaming. I
0: hope they have a portion of then. their
1: yeah, but business up and running and it's just not going very it's well. Flop. So. It's flop city. But apparently like I know Chris Rocks stand up special yeah, they did it and it went okay. I don't I didn't watch it but
0: not as many droves of people for that probably, apparently. <laughs> yeah, it probably
1: wasn't as many uh, as big of a demand but um
0: yeah. But yeah, I mean, the SAGs are in a little less than a year. So hopefully that's plenty of time <laughs> to get it together. You know, we can't be messing up our award shows, but it's just like, imagine like, imagine like a room full of the biggest celebrities. And they're like, no, no, wait, just wait. Like we're, we're going to be up in a few minutes. No,
1: <laughs> I can't. I'm I'm already yeah. getting, that makes me <laughs> hot to think about. Um, but Like there are so many people in the business, in the industry that would have the knowledge of how to pull off a live event. So I just don't understand how they didn't have. And
0: like of anywhere, of anywhere that those people are employed, like Netflix is one of the big ones that
1: they would. Right. Like they could probably get the best of the best best. people to like figure this out. So it just doesn't make any sense.
0: Kind of astonishing.
1: Kind of crazy but yeah let's get into the meat the meat of it was nothing Um, nothing burger (laughs) the most exciting part was when zach whispered to (laughs) yeah to uh paul i was like zach you should host this reunion um (laughs) um, but okay well jack jackie wasn't there which they didn't really Um. address at all um I have some they thoughts. showed like a pre-recorded interview that Vanessa did with them which was bullshit. Um literally
0: she got nothing yeah. from she them. Got I was like
1: no Jackie heat.
0: gets the cop out one by not being there, but two by you having this yeah. interview with her yeah. wherein you don't pressure like you don't ask any hard questions. One she didn't
1: even ask her why she's not at the reunion. Like yeah. that's journalism 101 too (laughs) um yeah she didn't press press her at all on any of her points like she jack and it it drove me mad because you could tell jackie was like putting on her politician yes yeah it was like so bizarre to me and i was like it really made me mad how are you not asking her anything that we would want to know
0: yes and then in addition to that Afterwards, when she was talking to Marshall, I was like, "Why are you so ready to defend Jackie?" Like it was almost like I I texted my friend. I was like, "What body did they bury together?" Because I did not understand why Vanessa was like s- she seemed like she was like writing so hard for Jackie.
1: Yeah, it was so bizarre. I d- I didn't understand that at all. So <laughs> everybody that Vanessa was like going after, I feel like the audience is like had it the opposite. Yeah like loyalty like we're on team Paul we're on team Marshall or yeah. not on team Jackie or Micah like I don't and know and it's
0: bizarre it's also bizarre because I feel like that's kind of been her shtick Vanessa- Vanessa's shtick for the fe- for the previous seasons Is like she's kind of like the audience surrogate like mm-hmm. she's kind of like a fan of the show herself
1: mm-hmm.
0: and she kind of tries to bring that to her interviews, you know, to varying levels of success, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I was just like, this this time around especially, I was like, you're not giving what we want you to give, girly
1: It Pop. was not <laughs> giving at <laughs> all. What else did she do that was annoying? Oh, when she was questioning all of them about when they're going to have a baby. Okay, this
0: pissed me off. Like, I cannot I believe we were in the year that. of our Lord. 2023 that we are going on on national international television and asking people when they're going to have kids let's go around in a circle every one of you has to tell me when you plan on having children and if you're trying <laughs> I, was just, I was like what the hell like like it just makes me so mad that's like one of my biggest things i'm like first of you all do not do it's this. a valid
1: choice to choose not to have children Second of all, yes. there are so many, so many factors that go into being able to have children and asking somebody no about, like, their fertility or, like, just what's going on with their body is so intrusive. Yeah. And it just, it has nothing to do with the show that we watched. <laughs> yeah. Like, she And she I the way was, she was so desperate to be like, when's the first love is mine, baby? Like, I'm just like, everyone, everyone, let me know. I was like, shut the fuck up.
0: <laughs> Maybe that's kind of like what capped off my like annoyance with her that kind of like put the nail in the coffin. I was just like, no, girl, like I am not feeling you at all. Mm-mm. Because I, yeah, like everything you said, I'm just like. You do not ask people this and you have no idea what they might be going through. I hope one of these days if she chooses to do that again, somebody just goes, "Hey, I'm barren. I can't have kids." Yeah. <laughs> and see what her reaction is.
1: <laughs> like, "Sorry, I can't fulfill your dream of having a kid that you will have zero yeah. interaction with and never probably meet in your life." So, Yeah. <laughs> it's just weird. I don't know. So,
0: my friend uh my friend was saying that uh they discovered that she had hidden her Instagram. So apparently she's getting some blowback. She's getting a lot of
1: flack. She's getting a lot of flack. I saw like a petition (laughs) to like not have them host the reunions anymore. Which
0: they probably shouldn't. And also I, you know, I do not condone like online bullying. I texted my friend and I was like, why can't we all just like talk shit to our friends and not like go attack people on their Instagrams? Because Mm -hmm. that makes me, it makes me feel bad, but also she deserves the flack.
1: So would you consider our podcast online bullying? No, (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to her Instagram. We're not tagging her. Nobody tag her in this clip.
0: Nobody tag her. (laughs) Um, but I'm, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I'm all for discussing things like you, this. I just,
1: because- I mean, I feel like after the first and, or maybe even the first and second season, I would give them a pass. Like, okay, they're like figuring yeah. this out. Like, we're on season four. You obviously have a much larger budget, a much larger scale, a much larger audience. Like, you need to sit down and figure out how to host these reunions. And in a way yeah. that is more satisfying to your audience because you're not very good yeah. at it. You haven't been very good it. At really it. doesn't
0: seem like they had any strategy at all. Yeah. They're just like, they didn't Vanessa have cards.
1: They didn't have questions. Like, they didn't ask the audience if we had questions. Like,
0: yeah. Nick didn't say anything. Nick said <laughs> like, literally nothing. He was
1: like, not even there. I don't think. Yeah. Uh, Except
0: for like making sure they don't make in sync references, which is eye roll like we know you were in ninety eight degrees. Okay, so
1: cringy, <laughs> it's so cringy. Just makes <laughs> me be even more team Jessica Simpson at this point. Yes, thank you. <laughs> anyway, justice for Jess. What else? Um. Okay, the Irina thing. Like I said, like I liked how they like showed that all back and like cut it together because it really was really like bad. Yeah, um, she looked. So- so mean um, yeah. especially
0: the like the like you said the mean girl edit where like people were micah. crying and
1: she was like laughing yeah. at them laughing. like i mm-hmm. i don't even understand that um but yeah i thought that micah should have gotten that some of that smoke too um yeah she was totally part of it um <laughs> i don't know yeah. why i don't know why yeah. they wanted to protect her so bad
0: right yeah, they were protecting Jackie and Micah for some reason. And then and Bliss was <laughs> so
1: like perfect and like talking I to Irina, love like her. Yeah. she's so level-headed and, th- but won't she's not letting like at the situation be taken advantage over her. But she's also like, yeah. I mean, we've talked about it. Like, I hope you grow from this. And right, um, I don't hold anything against you basically i'm like you're so mature. Yeah.
0: she's very mature and like eloquent mm-hmm. and i especially liked her because she kind of pushed back a little bit on nick and vanessa's questions mm-hmm. because she's like i really am not interested in like talking about this anymore but mm-hmm. just for the sake of the show like i'll touch on it right she said something to that effect and i was like hell yeah girl like tell them girl tell them tell them <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, re- I ended up really liking her after what I saw of her on the live. Um, I keep saying live. It wasn't live <laughs> on the reunion. Uh, but they didn't really do – they didn't really talk to Paul. They barely talked to Marshall. Yeah. They didn't really do a lot with Brett and Tiffany. It was mostly just, like, Micah, Irina, and kind of, like, Chelsea and Kwame at the beginning.
1: Another thing that, like, bothered me was when she – she was like, so you kept the ring, Jackie. Like, I'm like, doesn't production want to get that back? Yeah. Like, I don't really understand any of they that. They were trying to
0: make it seem like it was a power move because she's like, oh no, it's my ring now. But Marshall is just kinda he was just like, he was like, I I picked that out. Why for would you, you want to keep that? Why would you yeah. want that? to be the symbol of your relationship with another person like it doesn't
1: make any sense it's not like he
0: was trying to get it back to like like she said propose to somebody else or like keep it for future nobody believes or that. Like
1: that no yeah
0: nobody especially based on his reaction to her saying oh that. That. <laughs> that was another funny
1: thing when they were showing his reactions i was like oh him and his cousin have his the ju- same him and Justin <laughs> have the same by facial. the way
0: can confirm we are confirm cousins. him and justin
1: from <laughs> the bachelor Our cousins is not just a rumor made up
0: <laughs> For no it was reason. not just a piping hot rumor
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can oh go on gosh. their instagrams and see their pics together
0: but yeah it was very funny I, I had the same thought i was like that's very justin energy to like be making the faces he was making yeah and then, yeah, the follow-up questions that Vanessa had for him where she kept being like, I'm just restating this because you said you can't remember what happened in the video. I was like,
1: oh. Well, God. they did. They showed him like a six-minute clip and then were like. Yeah, and he's like, I okay, can't recall everything. Your thoughts? <laughs> they didn't ask him anything specific about it. And he's like, so let me just, I guess, let me start at Like, it was. Yeah. They weren't doing it anything to
0: it wasn't fair to him at all. Not at all. And like then he
1: like had, she accused him of saying something derogatory to her, where we all saw her texts that were highly derogatory. Said, yeah. I, I just I, uh, and I just, they didn't cover that at all. They didn't even mention like what it was. Like they could come out and say like these texts were homophobic, and they didn't. Yeah. Um, Yeah,
0: they could have called it what it was. Yeah, that I was expecting them to. And I was kind of like, why are you working so hard to like tiptoe around this? Just say what it is. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, I just that whole thing was so bizarre to me. I was like, what am I in like a bizarro world? Like everything is backwards right now.
1: (laughs) I agree. I mean, I think all in all, this season was the most successful season, not only in terms of like the couples working out but like I it was just really enjoyable to watch I felt like but the reunion was like a huge letdown so I feel like it could have been so much better but I
0: but ultimately the failure of it is probably better for them because we're all talking about it so it's like right no press is
1: bad press yeah (laughs) it is but yeah. Yeah. I mean they but definitely probably they wouldn't do. have like they were the number one trending topic on Twitter. Like that wouldn't have happened yeah. if everything went off exactly. without a hitch. Um,
0: yeah. But it, it just like, yeah, it would have been one thing if the reunion was actually something worth, you know, watching and like mm-hmm. if actually like notable things had happened, but right. that wasn't the case.
1: Unforge. Unforge.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I hope that they get new hosts. <laughs>
1: Um, Yes. They need new hosts. (sighs) I get that they're executive producers, but like, let's just take a step back. Like you can get somebody that actually knows what they're doing. Like there's, and I don't think Andy Cohen's obviously the only person in this world that can host a reunion. Like the reunions they do for 90 Day Fiance are great. Sean Robinson hosts those. Um, The Mm -hmm. things that they do for even sister wives. I don't know the woman's name that does those, but they're great. Like, you need somebody that understands the audience and what the burning questions actually are. Not somebody that's Vanessa Lachey and only wants to know how many babies are coming in the next year. Like, Right.
0: And she kept bringing up, like... Apparently, there was an online rumor that Kwame's sister wasn't actually his sister, and I was like i I never heard any rumblings of that
1: going around. Like, I did hear that was, that people thought that his family was like paid actors, <laughs> but oh no, um, really
0: i I was just like, these are not the things that I need
1: addressed yeah, like and basically. she mentioned it like four times and we we're Five like, times. Okay. <laughs> yeah,
0: and it's just like, You're yeah, like you said, there are people who are professionals at doing this. And it's like, yeah, they have like the training and all of that. Mm-hmm. But but at the same time, it's like Tyra Banks was an executive producer on Dancing with the Stars and they're getting rid of her. Mm-hmm. You know, Chris Harrison was executive producer of The Bachelor. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's not unheard of to just like can them <laughs> or get them out from front of the and camera. And if you want your
1: like show to be successful, which I'm guessing most executive producers want, like you have to be self-aware and be like, am I the problem? yeah <laughs> like you know yeah. so it's kind of like you're still gonna get your bag like let somebody mm-hmm. more qualified do it
0: yeah and you'll probably get less online hate not that I'm condoning it again yeah <laughs> but it's kind of like part of the deal yep. at this point so yep. yeah um so yeah I don't really have anything else that no they
1: showed a really they showed a preview of a new queer dating Ultimatum oh, yeah. show that looks really interesting. So that's that's yeah. exciting. Um, I'll watch, watch that, that, for, that sure. for sure.
0: I actually watched the first season of Ultimatum and completely forgot that I had watched I it. I did too. Like, totally forgot.
1: <laughs> I, we watched that one too. It was good.
0: Um I was like seeing some of the people from it on I haven't watched The Perfect Match but like in the trailers for it I was like where do I know that person from and I was like oh yeah I watched this entire dating show. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah. We watched Perfect Match too and it was it was entertaining but it was so stupid I need to at watch it. <Yeah>.
0: I'm not interested in really seeing Bartice or Shane, but, you know, whatever.
1: (laughs) And, like, not to spoil it, but I really don't think it's a spoiler because none of the couples are still together. It's, like, it's like so stupid. I'm, like, none of you make any sense together. Yeah. And you know you're just trying to, like, win the – like, it just – it didn't make any sense. I was, like, okay. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Okay, good try. (laughs) They tried something. Um, But yeah, so that's it for Love is Blind Season 4. Happy for the couples that ended up together.
1: Yeah, especially Tiffany and Brett and Bliss and Zach and Kwame and Chelsea. We hope.
0: We hope. We're hoping against we're, hope. We're rooting for you. We're yes. all rooting for you. <laughs> all right. Big news, y'all. I am caught up
1: on Succession. Woo! Last week was so hard for me not to say a spoiler. I was astonished.
0: (laughs) I'm so glad I didn't see spoilers because
1: I don't know how you did it. You must not be on Twitter as much as I am.
0: (laughs) Spoiler alert for Succession, probably for the remaining episodes of the show. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. I like to, I like made myself not be on Twitter because, okay, so I, you know, when you do that thing, when you're scrolling mm-hmm. and you see something related to like what you're avoiding spoilers for, so you like avert your eyes mm-hmm. and you like, like try to stop your brain yeah. from processing what it's seeing. Mm-hmm. I did that a couple times. And so I remember seeing this photo that someone posted, like a screenshot. And it was like Shiv looking solemn. And I was like, the thought entered my mind. I was like, does somebody die? Does Logan die? But I just completely like stopped myself from trying to analyze it too much.
1: So, so I was yeah mostly unspoiled. Logan dying to me wasn't surprising because to me he was going to die the whole show. It was just he a had matter of have, Yeah. But like the fact that they did it in episode three of the final season when there's seven more left. I'm like, ooh. That's mm-hmm. a decision, so I'm excited about, totally. like, the rest of where this will yeah. go.
0: So I was kicking myself for not having caught up by last week so that we could recap that episode, mm-hmm. like, you know, time, in a timely manner, mm-hmm. but... Um, this episode
1: was good, too, this one this week. This episode yeah. was good,
0: um, but I do, I just want to talk about um, the Connor's wedding episode a little bit, because... I was having, like, a religious experience (laughs) watching it. I was, like, going through so many emotions. It was so good. Um, Just the whole sequence starting from, uh, what's his name, Roman getting the phone call Mm -hmm. until basically the end of the episode. I was just, like, my eyes were, like, glued to the screen. Mm -hmm. And I texted you, like, how much I've felt like uh, Sarah Snook's performance was like amazing. Like they all were, but especially Sarah Snook's. That's when I started like breaking down crying. Cause I like felt like I could feel her emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wish I had like, been able to watch it live with everyone else, but
1: <laughs> I feel like all of them had like a, a breakthrough of obviously an emotional roller coaster that we hadn't seen from those characters before obviously because yeah your dad doesn't die every day but um <laughs> yeah but especially those types of characters they're not emotional like basically they're at all. not but like each one of them the way they handled it was exactly the way that that character would handle it yeah and I just thought that they all like They all brought their A-game. Like, the fact that – I don't know if you watched, like, the after the show part where they said Mm -mm. the part that's on the boat, they did shoots of it. And then, like, on the last day, they did a read-through of the whole – pretty much the whole episode was on the boat. Mm -hmm. They did it, like, in one take. They didn't, like, cut so like they yeah. basically had to be in like grief, grief mode, shock mode for like I don't know how long that scene was probably like thirty minutes, like twenty minutes, thirty minutes. It was like yeah. a, like a play basically, yeah. And he said that most of like what they did in that take was what made it into the episode because it was so <sighs> like raw. And that's so um, crazy. Yeah, I,
0: actually, while I was watching it, I couldn't stop thinking about like. I couldn't stop trying to put myself like in a behind the scenes mode, kind of like imagining what it would have been like to be there while they were filming it. Mm-hmm. And like the vibe on set, because it's like, you know what, I'm sure they knew that they were filming something that was going to be like this huge cannonball, like moment in TV, mm-hmm. <laughs> like history basically. So, um, you know, it, it, I feel like there's a lot of pressure on them mm-hmm. and I'm like, how do you, I mean that's why they're professional actors but I'm like how do you do I know that? <laughs> I know it
1: like it kind of blows my mind and like Kieran and Kieran Culkin was talking about how like it's hard to not that he considers himself like um what do you call it when you act method, method. but he's like it's so hard to like put yourself in that frame of mind and then kind of be able to just break out of it at the end of the day, because it's so, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Cause it's so overwhelming. Like the, the feelings and the emotions you have to put yourself through.
0: Um, yeah, but, and it's like, especially, well, I know you said like the first take was mostly used, but like you imagine being in that situation, like doing a scene and then having, the director be like now do it this way and you're like how you can't just like unlock that mm-hmm. emotion when you have to still be genuine and like all of that oh of it another seems crazy so thing about
1: it is like the when they were doing the one take they they're filming this show on film
0: oh, so they I said they that. had
1: to hide like rolls of film around the boat to where that when they would move the camera to that spot, they would be on another camera, and somebody was like quickly like loading another roll of film, uh-huh. like while somebody else. I was like, the amount of like technicality that <laughs> goes into yeah, like that requires, yeah, yeah, is crazy. So I was just like, wow, so crazy. Not that I even feel I like I mean know. I like that they film it on film. I I think it looks really good, but I I don't necessarily mm-hmm. think that it's necessary for this show they need to yeah Yeah. but i almost
0: like they're just like making it hard they're just just making it it harder on themselves but um (laughs) yeah yeah but so i'm kind of interested to see like what happens during emmy season like Mm -hmm. because
1: obviously like succession is just gonna like dominate yeah i mean all of them technically could go and lead i feel like yeah um yeah i mean all the kids Right, the three main teams, um, yeah. I think Tom would probably be in supporting, supporting. But I don't know. He could even be a lead. Like,
0: I wonder if Logan would be a lead or supporting. See? I mean. But yeah, since he's not going to. I think they're going to do flashbacks is what I heard. So he's going to be in more of the
1: season. I've also but, been really surprised by um, Connor's character development in this season. Yeah, How like all of a sudden he's kind of to me the most sympathetic one um yeah
0: I have to keep reminding myself being like he's not good I know (laughs) but like you
1: you find yourself like rooting for him almost because
0: he he feels relatable yes like the overlooked kid like the one who you're like no he he did that have that moment I think it was last season where he's like I'm the eldest son Mm -hmm. after after um I can't remember their names, Jeremy Strong, Kendall, Kendall. <laughs> After he was, he called himself the eldest. He was like, no, no, I'm the eldest. Yeah, and it is like they're obviously just like sliding him, yeah, like right in
1: front and of him. And then how like nobody like showed like they couldn't like make time to like everybody show up to for his wedding and like ha- they talked about the cake like that was like. Mm-hmm so heartbreaking and then when he found out like he was just like oh he never liked me like that was like so oh like oh my gosh can you imagine how that would feel like yeah I don't even I've
0: yeah I felt like kind of had a soft spot for him throughout the entire show even though like you know this person should not be president. He should not be no. running for president. <laughs> like, but I'm also like, oh, We just love, did, and we also just, just love Alan
1: Ruck. Yeah, we are Alan Ruck's fans. We've, we are Cameron's stands since day one. Cameron,
0: so. <laughs> Cameron's strong till the end. <laughs> my biggest crush.
1: <laughs> if you don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about Ferris Bueller's Day Off. He plays Cameron. Um, but... Yeah, so his character has really surprised me. Um, Same. When he was singing karaoke,
0: (laughs) I was like, hell yeah. (laughs) He was singing like a Leonard Cohen song, like very depressing. (laughs)
1: Um, And then another thing I wanted to talk about was the decision to kind of have Logan's death happen fully off screen. I felt like that was such a risky move, but it paid off because Mm -hmm. in the situation that they're in, they don't know what's going on. They can't see him. They can't like visualize like how this is all like going down. They only have what like Tom and the people on the plane are telling them. Yeah. And so it just makes you feel their like confusion and shock, like even more viscerally because we're also like, wait, what's going on? Because we can't see like Really, what's going on? Either, right? Um, So I just thought that was so brilliant. Like,
0: agreed. Yeah, Yeah. and it's almost like it was kind of satisfying in that way because it's like that's what he deserves. Mm -hmm. Like, of course, he died. Like, you know, estranged from his children and alone, and basically alone because he was in the bathroom Mm -hmm. and. Just, like, all of that stuff because that's what he deserves. Like, he was shitty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I saw He treated his kids
1: like shit. I saw somebody say, like, he had the choice to, like, die, like, surrounded by his family, like, at right. his son's wedding. wedding. And he yeah. chose to be on a plane full of people that only cater to him because of who he is and because of his money and, like, don't really care about him, like, on that yeah. level at all. So exactly. that's just so tragic. Like that's, I mean, I'm guessing that's like a King Lear type of thing because this whole show is based on King Lear. But <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, totally. That's the tragedy in it all. Rip Logan.
0: Rip. <laughs> um, okay, so let's talk about the
1: new episode
0: mm-hmm. where Mr. Kendall is taking a turn back to the dark side. So I,
1: <laughs> I don't know if you texted me this or like, it was other people, but I heard so many people be like, if the kids aren't like all on the same page at the end of this, I will be heartbroken. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, I don't think they're going to be like, I don't (laughs) know.
0: No, I didn't, I didn't say that, but I, after, I guess it was after season three ended because that whole season was the season where Kendall like kind of broke off Mm -hmm. and they were on opposing sides. Mm -hmm. And I was like the whole time I was just like, I just want the three of them to be on the same page because that's what, I love, like, seeing the three of them just kind of, like, cook, you mm-hmm. know? So I was glad that they all kind of reconvened at the end. And they were, decided to go up against their dad. For a short <laughs> period like, yes. of
1: time. For a
0: short period.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, I think at the end of the day, it's going to go back to how it was, how it's always yeah. been. Like, the their only, their number one priority is power. Um, yeah. And that hasn't changed and that's evident. Like we thought maybe it had, but I think the way they ended this episode, you're like, no, it's still the same. It's always going to be the same. And I think the whole purpose of this show is kind of like a very critical, like eye upon like capitalism and yeah, the ruthlessness of like people who money's not enough. They want power. Yeah. Because all of these kids have enough money to literally be rich their entire lives. Their children will be rich. Their grandchildren will be rich. Like, it's not about the money. Yeah. Um, it's not about
0: the I mean, Connor just dropped 63 million for a pen On a handshake. When, yeah. On a handshake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's not even the one that like works for the
1: company. Right. So, so I think it's just like, at the end of the day, this it, this is going to tear them apart and i i, yeah. I don't know exactly how they're going to finish off the series but i like for anybody that's like hoping against hope that the kids are going to be all right i don't think they're going to be all right <laughs> just i highly doubt it just letting y'all know and
0: so yeah this episode specifically so i've been team shiv like team shiv for ceo the whole time yeah because I just feel like she, you know, they all ha- they're all they all like morally kind of corrupt, obviously. I feel like she's the least out of all of them. Yeah. And I think that she would be good at the job. Like she has actual work experience outside of the company. And I just like her the most out of all of them. Yeah. So this episode, obviously, she's going to be the one who gets kind of screwed over. Mm-hmm. And that's always how it's been. And that's probably always how it will be. Mm-hmm. So
1: I guess just, if I had to pick a team, like I'm not really team any of them succeeding because I just think this company is <laughs> right. like an yeah, abomination I mean, she, and should be like dis- dissolved. dissolved. But it um, <laughs> should be shut down for good. But um, I don't know. To me, I think Shiv... Wants to be a moral person, but is just inherently not. And I think that was evidenced mm-hmm. at the part where she had to go and basically tell a sexual assault victim not to come forward. Mm-hmm. And kind of came to her woman to woman. Yeah. Like, that was just, that was so abhorrent to me. And I was like, holy crap, like, this girl, like, she wants to, like, put off the facade that she's, like, super liberal and, like, all this stuff. But at the end of the day, yeah. you're benefiting from a billion-dollar conglomerate that, like, shovels shit into people's ears every day, like... Not yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know what I would do in that situation. Cause like, obviously you don't choose to be born into something like that. Like, do you like disavow like your family? Like, what do you do? But at the end of the day, I don't think she does enough to be like, no, I'm not like this. <laughs> She's very, no. very like eager yeah. to be like, I am like this. On the other hand, I feel like Roman, he's the one to me that shows the most actual empathy, which is like crazy to say, because he is so like sarcastic and like, like ready to like beat people down with his words. But he like, he would not like talk shit about his dad. He would not he was the only one that felt sorry for Carrie when she, like, came in yeah, and, like, the Carrie scene. like, was, like, crying and, like, he actually had some, like, human, like, let's not embarrass yeah, her even Yeah, that further. honestly
0: felt kind of out of character to me. That wasn't something I would have it expected. It didn't to me because to this know.
1: whole show, he's, like, shown that, like, when somebody he loves is, like, struggling, not that he loves Carrie, but somebody in his family was struggling he's always like shown that he cares and like wants them to be okay and like it's like almost like he puts on this facade of like being like i don't care about anything but he's the one that cares the most almost so i feel like if i had to choose which one I would want. Not that I feel like that makes him like ripe to run a business or anything, but if I had to choose which one I want to win, I would, I feel like I would pick him.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, yeah, to be clear, I don't think any of these people are upstanding citizens <laughs> or anything like that. Um, but I I think I just like, I would be rooting for Shiv to win. I don't know. I mean, Ro- yes, Roman like, clearly sh- has shown that he cares but like he cares about i feel like it's it's still self-serving in a way like he only really cared about his dad because he was scared of being cut off or like losing His access to him if he ended up needing
1: it someday. But I feel like Jerry Um, was the one that always had to remind him, like, whatever you do, you have like you have to think about like your personal gain or whatever. And that's just never been his like his driving factor. I feel like I don't know. That's just my yeah. reading of it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I won't I won't die on the hill of defending these people. But, <laughs> but yeah, I am just very intrigued to see what happens. So, was it underlined or was it crossed out? <laughs> it looked
1: crossed out to me. I don't think Logan's a person that would go back and underline something. <laughs> like it did, like it's already on the paper. Why but do you it- need to underline it?
0: <laughs> but it started under
1: I just think he d-
0: you know you can never underline something straight it always is gonna go haywire yeah but it started under
1: no I just I, I don't that, see I, I can I don't see Logan as an underliner
0: <laughs> I can imagine him just sitting there like rereading it and that'd be like underline as he's like considering i don't things. Think so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll never know i think we it was crossed out for sure because if they're like if their timeline is correct like and that was like typed up before the show even started because like at the beginning of the show that was obviously his plan was to have kendall run things um mm-hmm. And then like everything that's gone on since, like, I could see him going back and like crossing that out. Like, you know. Yeah. I'm
0: I'm not team underline, but that's the most convincing argument I've seen. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, you know what? When you look at it. (laughs) Um, but yeah, the point is we'll never know. So um but yeah, I don't know. I felt really I felt Shiv's pain when she fell down the stairs yeah
1: that was really (laughs) relatable like Like, I was like
0: oh my god (laughs) oh and then Tom his moment on the staircase his Mr. Darcy moment his Mr. Darcy shines through (laughs) the moment
1: (laughs) I don't I honestly out of all the characters I just really don't know how to feel about Tom I still don't trust him. I don't know how I'm supposed to feel about Tom. I don't trust him. I don't trust any of them, but I don't know. Like there's something about him where I'm like, is he being sincere? Like, and that's, that's the, that's what's so impressive about his performance. Mm -hmm. I
0: think is like, you really can't tell. Like he, you could see it either way. It's like, if you, if you look at it in this light, you're like, yeah, that makes sense, but if you look at it in the opposite light, you're still like, yeah, that makes sense. So I honestly
1: <laughs> wouldn't be surprised if at the end of all of this, somehow some way he like top. R- runs away with all of it. Yeah. Like I don't know how. I, I mean, I'm guessing this I'm baby is going to be a huge happen. like something. Like something's going to happen with yeah. the baby, but um but have they had sex recently? <laughs> I mean, like, if she's already having an anatomy scan, she's probably pretty far along. That would happen at like twenty weeks, I think.
0: Yeah, but they—how big of a jump was it from the last season to this one? It was like no, several
1: months. I don't think it was that big of a jump. I think when they're like talking about the hundred, um, that was maybe like a month after the whole debacle. With their I think dad.
0: they said it at some point. I might need to go back and see. Um, but yeah, that's gonna be a whole other thing. That's what I texted you after I like gave up on waiting for Love is Blind because it was eight. Mm-hmm. I switched over to HBO and then I was like, this thing has already gotten me woken back up just within the first three minutes yeah. when they talk about her being pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. You can always rely on succession.
1: Um, what else? Any other thoughts? Um, well, oh, I like seeing Marsha again. I I, I like that yeah. character a lot. And when she said, um, "We're getting a taxi to take her to the subway to take her back to her little apartment," like I was like, "Damn!" <laughs> yeah, like the
0: vein, the head bitches back. <laughs>
1: I, I just love like, it. I want to know what that feels like. To have that, power. you know. But Uh, yeah, I kind of did feel bad for Carrie, shockingly. I was like,
0: yeah, I was like, I hope that she doesn't come back because something is revealed.
1: (laughs) I was scared at first when they like had the paper and they were like, something's on this paper. I was like, it doesn't say that. That's what I thought, too. I was like, it better not.
0: She's like the main or. I don't know what you call it, benefactor <laughs> inheritancer. <laughs> um, but yeah, hopefully she doesn't get anything substantial out of the deal. <laughs> she doesn't deserve it. Nope. Okay, so the day that this episode drops is the first day of Taurus season. Holla. Which is our season. And we'll be a few short days away from your birthday. It is upon us. (laughs) It is upon us. Yeah. So if you don't know, me and Michelle are both Tauruses. Mm -hmm. We actually have the same big three. Mm -hmm. We're both Taurus suns, Aries moons, and Leo risings.
1: I thought we were Um, Pisces moon. No? I always mm -hmm. forget.
0: Um. So we're going to be celebrating Taurus season and um, you have a birthday coming up. Are you excited?
1: (laughs) I don't know. I feel like now that I'm like deep into my 30s, I'm like, "Mm, can we stop having birthdays? (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't like I like I just like a reason to like have a celebration if it's somebody else's mm-hmm. birthday, if it's my birthday, if it's a little holiday, like I like I like festivities, so yeah, I'm excited, yeah,
0: yeah, that's good. I don't really like, yeah, I don't know i I'm the same i like I like celebrating, but I'm always kind of like, I don't like asking people to celebrate me mm-hmm. if that makes sense, yeah. so it's kind of like, like one of those things where I'm always like I want to like. Ha- plan your birthday party, but I would like hate to plan my own. Yeah, so so it's like that kind of give and take. Okay, um, but yeah, so I pulled up a a like a Taurus season twenty twenty three horoscope that I thought I could read, read <laughs> it. and see what's in store, what kind of thoughts we have on it. Yeah, so this is from ForeverConscious dot com. Oh. And it says, happy birthday, Taurus. It is a big and busy season for you, but the sun is in your corner, allowing you to shine bright. Your season begins on the tail end of the airy solar eclipse, which may have brought some surprising information or new revelations your way. Eclipses tend to bring faded events that push us further along on our soul path. They are like quantum leaps into the new state of consciousness. Think about the highest vision of yourself and then act from that place. Whatever has come up for you. You may feel some intensity brewing as you move towards the lunar eclipse on May 5th. This is a little bit more of a challenging eclipse and could bring an ending to something you you have been working with for the last 18 months or so. This lunar eclipse could also trigger relationship issues, guiding you to focus on your connection with others. Or alternatively, you may find someone leaning on you for support. Just be clear with your boundaries and all will be well. Mercury will be in retrograde for most of your season and in your sign, which means you are going to feel the effects strongly. Mercury retrograde in your sign can create some mental fogginess and get you reflecting or pondering over the past. You can't change the past, but there may be something you can still learn from it. On May 16, Jupiter, the planet of expansion, abundance, and silver linings, moves into your sign, allowing you to reap the benefits of its fortune energy. Having Jupiter in your sign can expand your life in new and interesting ways. It can also help you to focus on the bigger picture, allowing you to see things from a more worldly perspective. While the energy of Jupiter is considered a positive omen, it is always a good idea to be mindful of overindulging or doing anything in excess when it visits your sign. Enjoy your birthday season and be sure to take the time to celebrate yourself.
1: (laughs) Doesn't sound too (laughs) exciting.
0: (laughs) So I also want to say, before we get too deep into this, and I think I could speak for both of us when I say like, we don't take this stuff like super seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, ki- we kind of, or I'll speak for myself, I guess. I kind of see it more as just like a fun thing, like the same way I see like personality quizzes and like, you know, like Myers-Briggs or like Enneagram, mm-hmm. like that type of stuff. I just think it's interesting And a lot of times there are, like, a lot of alignments that I feel. Yeah, I feel like as
1: far as, like, the personality traits go, I really do see that, like.
0: Yeah, same. People,
1: like, when people tell me their signs and, like, I'm, like, I I see that strongly. And I do identify a lot with the traits of, like, a Taurus. I do, too. So I think that part of it, I don't know about, like, the predictions and, like.
0: Yeah. Like, how are like, not going to go? Like, work. I don't
1: really, I don't see that. We're no. not going to
0: be making life decisions right, based exactly. on this. <laughs> But yeah, it it is, I agree with you. Like, I see when people tell me, and I don't know, like, uh, too much about really other signs other than Taurus, mm-hmm. but when I do, like, research and I, like, think of someone that I know is under that sign, I'm like, oh, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, <laughs> that's our horoscope for Taurus season twenty twenty three. Um, yeah, we got. I guess we got to watch out for those issues in our
1: relationships.
0: <laughs> Let me report back. Let me know. My if anything husband happens.
1: should be on full alert. Just
0: <laughs> right. Let's see. I also brought up. So I've seen a lot of. You know, I follow some of the like astrology like instagrams that post like memes and stuff and i see a lot of the ones that are like differentiating between april tauruses and may tauruses and so if you don't know michelle is an april taurus and i am a may taurus barely just by a few hours (laughs) (laughs) and so i think it's kind of interesting to to read about just those differences between this like the sign itself Mm -hmm. Um so I pulled up the site uh it's on horoscope.com and I was reading and apparently there are different deacons or decans within a sign so it kind of depends on what deacon you're born under that determines like how strongly Taurus you are I guess you know according to this mm-hmm. so um you know the f- the first part of Taurus season is the strongest. And then the further down the line you go, you kind of get into the Gemini Taurus cusp. So they kind of have a mixture of both. So
1: um But would that mean like if you're early in it, you're on an Aries Taurus cusp or no? I think that it it start like it starts
0: strongest at the beginning. Okay. So like the late Aries would have like a Taurus Aries cusp. But then you get to Taurus season and it's like straight up Taurus. Oh, okay. And then yeah. So um, just from what I understand reading this. So it says traits of an April Taurus determine, grounded, luxury loving, sensual, stubborn. And then under personality, it says an April Taurus possesses all of the Taurian traits, such as stubbornness, love of luxury, determination, etc because it will most likely fall in the first deacon. The sign is likely to enjoy gift giving, romance, and wooing. They are incredibly touchy and sexual. They enjoy the good life, moving slowly and taking their time when they're enjoying a good thing. Do
1: you agree? <laughs> um I wouldn't I honestly I don't know if I'm the touchiest person. So I don't know about mm-hmm. that part, but like the determined, grounded, like kind of to me that kind of means like more re- realist, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, stubborn, um, romantic. I do like romance. I, I wouldn't say I'm like super like touchy though. Um, yeah. And then like the luxurious things, like for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, Same. yeah. So I, yeah, I, I identify with most of that.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I'll read the May Taurus. Uh, The traits are patience, secure, willful, and willpower. In the personality, it says, a May Taurus will possess those raw traits, but will soften them up a little bit in preparation for the next sign, Gemini. So instead of being extremely stubborn, this person might simply be willful. Instead of being materialistic, this person might simply have great taste. Instead of having extreme patience, this tourist might actually know when to let go and move on. So I kind of do agree with that. I always felt like I lean more stubborn than, like,
1: soft stubborn, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, if you were to say, like, who's more stubborn between me and you, I would say it was you. Like... Yeah,
0: I think so too. That's what I was yeah. thinking. So it's kind of interesting and actually now to go back to what you said about like wondering if early Taurus kind of mixes with Aries. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like it does. Mm-hmm. Like you and the other like April Taurus as I know, I always kind of felt like you reminded me a little bit of Aries. What is Aries? Just because they're ki- they're a fire mm-hmm. sign, so they're kind of like um more just telling it like it is like very blunt and kind of like straightforward Mm -hmm. and um not super like emotional which you are but I don't know I just kind of yeah I just kind of felt like I don't know
1: if that makes any sense (laughs) yeah I guess I don't know like I don't know it's so hard but yeah
0: yeah and again I don't know I don't know the deep like Stuff into this, so I could just be talking mm. out my ass when I say, yeah. <laughs> when I was talking about the deacon. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, those are kind of the differences that it lists. But I also think and sometimes
1: the word stubborn can have like a bad connotation, and I don't think that that's the case. Like, I think that yeah. just means like you know what you want strong want, and what you don't want. Yeah. Like, and sometimes I feel like my yeah. May Taurus friends are a little bit more kind of can make like decisions like that easier than I can decisive. yeah decisive yeah
0: yeah I don't know it's very interesting and it's yeah I don't know I've always just kind of felt like I am a true Taurus just based on again just based on like the memes
1: I the see memes and are stuff always like, like, like they I, love like Sleeping, and I'm like, they I love, love sleeping. sleeping. They love
0: spending money. Mm-hmm. I love spending love spending money. money. Like, like it's the like, finer yeah. things, like
1: have like higher level of like taste. I feel like, um, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: But then I always see the ones that are like, they're sexual, and yeah.
1: like,
0: don't fall in love with a Taurus, you'll be in, or something like that, you'll be in trouble. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know, I don't know if I feel that.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm like, no one's ever fallen in love with me. So
1: <laughs> we'll see.
0: <laughs> we'll see. But yeah, I think it I just think it's kind of fun to look into those things. And um I wanted to quickly do just a fun little quiz, or not really a quiz, but just kind of like a rapid fire based on those differences I just laid out. I have a list of 20 celebrities who are Tauruses. And I think, you know, taking what we know from the differences between April and May Tauruses, I was going to name them to you and just off the top of your head, just kind of say whether you think they're an April or a May Taurus. Okay. Based on how they present themselves to like the public. Okay. And some of these you probably know, obviously. Some. But yeah. So Adele. I think she's May. Correct. Cher. April. No, she's May. She's deep. She's actually May 20th. Oh, so she's the last day okay. of Taurus season. Um, Lizzo. Lizzo's April.
1: Correct.
0: Nicholas Braun. I didn't know he was a Taurus.
1: I also think Taurus men are far different than Taurus women, but. Um, I agree. It may. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> He's my birthday twin. Oh, really? May 1st. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, my biggest flex is that Cousin Greg. <laughs> <That's my birthday laughs> twin. Um, Queen Elizabeth II.
1: She was April.
0: Yes. Jerry Seinfeld. Uh, April. Yes. I don't know. I just guessed. <laughs> <laughs> Some of these you probably know. Um, Kelly Clarkson. April.
1: Yeah, she's your birthday twin. <laughs> okay, I knew she was either like a day after mine and then – Barbara Streisand's also my birthday twin.
0: Yeah, yeah, she was on the list. Um, I figured you would know the ones that were like your. Favorite. Yeah. Um, Robert Pattinson. April. No, he's May. <laughs> Those men.
1: But yeah, I don't. I really um, don't machine, know the men.
0: Machine Gun Kelly.
1: <laughs> May. I don't know. April. <laughs> I keep guessing the wrong one. Megan Fox April May I don't know
0: Gal Gadot Uh, April Yes George Clooney May Yes (laughs) Tina Fey May Yes Um, We already did Barbra Streisand Um, Channing Tatum April Yes (laughs) (laughs) Sam Smith
1: Oh, uh,
0: May. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Um, 80 Bryant. Ooh, April? No, May. May. Um, Wes Anderson.
1: April? May. Oh my He's
0: my other birthday
1: twin, and so is Tim McGraw. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Lucky.
1: You. Um, Gigi Hadid. She's April. She's like the day before me. Yes.
0: And then Dwayne The Rock Johnson. May. Yes. Knew it. Great job. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I love it. I was, yeah, when I was like Googling like famous Tauruses, I was like, I've never even really thought about like what men are Tauruses. <laughs> I just know all the, all the female ones.
1: I feel like, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's different. I feel like the traits Dude. are completely different.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, I thought that would be fun to just do a little rapid fire. That um, so that leads
1: us into our Watching Up segment. Pew, 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 pew. Which, um, I wish we had like lean in music to Watching Up. Like, Watching Up. Watching Up. This is Watching <laughs> Up now. Yeah. Get ready. We're going <laughs> to
0: talk about <movie. laughs> Um So, spoiler alert our next theme will be a Taurus, an iconic Taurus. Yes. Um, but this past week, we each assigned each other movies that were on our Letterboxed watch lists. Mm-hmm. So if you don't know, Letterboxed is a social media app where you can go and log the movies that you watch and you can give them ratings and reviews. You can write little funny things about them. It's so fun. And like
1: I didn't even know it's really I would fun. like this app this much and it's like become like my (laughs) favorite app
0: (laughs) it's really fun and you can also make lists Mm -hmm. of movies you want to watch or movies that you have watched that you want to like categorize or like all that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff so um we each went onto each other's watch lists and did that um by the way if you want to follow us my at is rachel high mine's m high two four nine zero Love it. So Michelle assigned me Turning Red this week, which is an animated film from 2022 that I've heard really great things about and I've been wanting to watch for a while. Um, But if you are new here, you might not know that I don't really watch a lot of animated movies um, just because, I don't know, it's not my thing. I've just kind of fallen out of them since childhood. But when I do watch them, I'm always kind of like really glad that I do Mm -hmm. just because, you know just admiration for the art and all of that technical kind of achievement and all of that kind of stuff. I think there's like an extra and,
1: hurdle to jump over when you're like, I'm going to press play on this animated children's movie yeah. because it's like not your first right. choice. But then every time I watch one that I really enjoy, I'm like, I'm so glad I watched that.
0: <laughs> right. It's kind of the same thing I have with like foreign films, unfortunately, and stuff like that. or like have to read subtitles and it's just kind of like, like you said, that extra hurdle. Mm-hmm. Um, but this film was directed by Domi Shi, who also directed the uh, Oscar winning short Bao, mm-hmm. which I think was in front of, was it Incredibles 3 or something or something like that? I'm not sure. The latest Incredibles. I remember when that came out, I heard people talking that about it, cute. but um But the synopsis says, 13-year-old May is experiencing the awkwardness of being a teenager with a twist. When she gets too excited, she transforms into a giant red panda, Um, which is very cute. (laughs) Um, So I really liked this movie. Um, I should say it stars Rosalie Chang as May. Sandra Oh voices her mother, Ming. And they're kind of the main two uh, characters, I guess. But basically, it starts out talking about how this young girl's they, they're uh, Asian, an Asian family living in Toronto, and so it de- it definitely deals a lot with like Asian culture and like kind of generational stuff uh, that is is kind of unique to the Asian experience. I think specifically and, um, Chinese, right? Chinese, yes, and so. Um, It talks about how in her culture, like the utmost, the thing that is of utmost importance is like honoring your parents. Mm -hmm. Um, But then it cuts to her being like, but I'm 13 and I do what I want. And she's like this very kind of like confident, um, like kind of. I don't know, very like charismatic young girl who kind of puts forth this image of being like independent and like self-assured and all of that kind of stuff. But deep down, she still has that like just fear of disappointing her parents, specifically her mom. Mm -hmm. And like kind of, you know, when it comes down to it, like she's still going to do everything her mom tells her to Mm -hmm. do. So it's kind of very funny in that way where she's like, I want to be free, but I'm not, yeah. <laughs> um, so, and she has this group of friends that they're very tight knit and they're like fangirls of this boy band called four town, <laughs> <laughs> which is a very relatable part of being a child. Um, and th- I should say this takes place in 2002. So it's like the height of like boy band supremacy, basically, <laughs> um, so, you know, Four Town is kind of like a surrogate for an Sync or a Backstreet Boys type of band. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole plot of the movie basically is she really wants to go to the concert that is happening um, in her town. But um, her mom, like, tells her no. She gets – so her mom is, like, very overbearing. Mm-hmm. And she does, like, a lot of things that are super embarrassing for May. And so one day she does something that kind of, you know, throws her over the edge and she gets extremely embarrassed. And all of a sudden she turns into a giant red panda (laughs) and, um, and the turning into a giant red panda is clearly kind of a metaphor for like getting her period Mm -hmm. or like starting puberty, kind of just starting this new chapter in her Mm -hmm. life. Um, and she finds out that this is something that happens to all the women in her family. Mm Mm-hmm. And there is, in fact, like a cure, quote unquote, a cure for Mm -hmm. it. Like they have to do this ritual during a red moon, um, which will kind of keep the panda secure within some sort of trinket um, so that she doesn't have to worry about explosively turning into a panda whenever she gets worked up about something. (laughs) Um, So so she's kind of having to navigate like this new information And then she devises a plan. um, You know, word gets out basically that she has this ability to turn into a panda. And her and her friends devise a plan to kind of use that uh, as a way to earn money to buy tickets to the concert Mm -hmm. that they want to go to. Um, And so they do that. They exploit the panda for financial gain.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The party. um,
0: The other party, <laughs> she goes, she gets hired out basically to do one of her classmates' parties. So and, and it's very cute. And, and so turns out her mother's panda before she like did the ritual to like lock it away was like, Huge and very destructive. Mm-hmm. And so it was, you know, it was pretty necessary for her mom to like lock that part of her away so that she wouldn't cause damage and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But May like turns out to really feel connected to her panda and like is able to kind of, you know, more or less control when she uh turns into a panda and when she doesn't. And so she kind of has an attachment to it that she doesn't want to give up. And so during like mid ceremony, when she's about to lock it away, she changes her mind and decides to keep her ability. Mm -hmm. And then she goes to the concert against her mother's will. And there's a very like accurate (laughs) depiction of being at a boy band concert, like as a fangirl Mm -hmm. that, made me want to go to a Jonas Brothers
1: concert. (laughs) I know. When I saw that scene, I was like, that is exactly how it feels. (laughs) (laughs)
0: And I really like the aspects. And this is something that I noticed, you know, with this particular Pixar movie is there were certain points where the animation like shifted a mm-hmm. little bit to be more like anime style, but it felt still very seamless. And so like every time her and her friends get excited, their eyes like well up and they turn into like the little like kitty cat, like <laughs> looking um, eyes. And it's just very yeah. funny. So uh, funny. I like the the, the use of so that smart. type of animation. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and then during the concert, her mom has turned into her giant, gigantic panda that's like basically the size of the stadium and she is extremely mad (laughs) she comes to confront her daughter and obviously everyone's like scared and so they have to do basically a gigantic version of the ritual so that they can lock the mom's panda back up so she won't do any more damage (laughs) i'm like somebody definitely died
1: (laughs) Um, unconfirmed
0: Unconfirmed. So they're able to com- like successfully. Oh, there's a scene where all of her like aunties are in town for the ritual, and her grandma mm-hmm. and. Uh, there's a scene where they all have to return to their panda form so that they can drag the mom's panda body into the circle where they're doing the ritual. Cause it only works if you're within those borders. And so they all like shift into their pandas <laughs> and it's a very cute. Yeah. And I like the details of just like the different pandas. Like they all look like they're human forms, yeah. but panda versions. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, And so they're able to complete the ritual and then they all have to go back through it and may decides again to keep her Panda. Mm -hmm. So at the end, um, they, you know, they've kind of adjusted to life and she uses her Panda again as kind of like a tourist attraction. Like her family runs this ancient temple that, um, tourists come to. And so she is kind of just another attraction as far as that goes. Um, and then she says, my panda, my choice. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, girl. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, it's just, you know, the underlying themes of just like generational trauma and like intergenerational relationships. And like I said, specific to the Asian experience, the Chinese experience in this case, um, where you, they really do kind of like value the respect of your elders and your parents. And, uh, but at the same time, it's still relatable just, you know, to anyone who has that experience. Um, and then just like the process of going through puberty and like getting older and like, you know, wanting to do good by your parents, but also hang out with your friends and like have fun and stuff like that. And just becoming your own person, basically Mm -hmm. kind of what it's about. And so I really liked that about it. I think that, I guess, I, I think that the aspect of the animation kind of did put up a barrier between me and the film. I felt like, um, where I just like felt like I couldn't connect, which is something that I experienced with a lot of animated films where I'm just like, you know, that was cute, but I don't know. I didn't feel any real connection to, Mm -hmm. to, I guess the character specifically. Like I felt connection to the story, but not really the character. Um, But that's okay. I still thought it was really cute.
1: I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. Yeah. I think like for me, like the fact that it was like a 13 year old in 2002, I'm just like, that's like, our story like you yeah, know you like that's 12, us um
0: yeah. and then like
1: the aspect of like the mother-daughter relationship I mean it wasn't like obviously exactly but like I think I can always like kind of relate to that um yeah yeah, yeah. and I and you then definitely uh, the, yeah, the boy band thing I was just gonna
0: say <laughs> yeah the boy band thing but definitely the aspect of being just like being afraid of disappointing your parents mm-hmm. is something that's very relatable, mm-hmm. um, and I've de- I, you know, I definitely I still deal with that, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like thirty, so it's like yeah. it's kind of like one of those things that's you know pretty universal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do love that this story was told specifically from Domi Shi's like viewpoint, um, and I like that it was set in a time period that she actually experienced like rather than setting it like present day um, because it it just, you could tell that it was a very personal story Mm -hmm. to her. And I like that.
1: Yay. I'm glad you liked it.
0: So I gave it three and a half stars, and my review was, as a Jonas Brothers stan can confirm.
1: <laughs> no, literally, like... It's all yeah, true. like that scene, I was just like, this is perfect. Um, yeah. But... Yay! Yay!
0: Okay, so
1: I'm ready to hear about your movie. Okay. So Rachel assigned me Children of Men... It's a 2006 film directed by Alfonso Cuarón. And um, here's the little synopsis. The future is a thing of the past. In 2027, a chaotic world in which humans can no longer procreate, a former activist agrees to help transport a miraculously pregnant woman to a sanctuary at sea, where her child's birth may help scientists save f- the future of humankind. Um, so, I think I think the reason you had assigned this to me is because it kind of closely mirrors like what we've been talking about with The Last of Us, and um, mm-hmm. I watched this movie in my bed at like nine PM last night, and it was like premium viewing experience because it was just so like yeah. overwhelming, like watching that film, it's very
0: harrowing. Yes.
1: Yeah, I dare was I say be, like, this movie. film is like <laughs> the most realistic depiction of like a post-apocalyptic world I've ever seen like mm-hmm. I really like could feel like the detail that went into like how like the whole pretty much the whole movie I was like how how the fuck did they do this like you know like it was just kind mm-hmm. of like crazy to think about the amount of like time and effort that went into this because not only is the story like so relatable but like the amount of background actors like the way the sets didn't feel like sets it felt like you're diving into this like program's already in progress kind of thing like this is yeah. how the world is and this is like what we're headed towards like it felt it just felt so like visceral um so like this is honestly one of the best movies I think I've ever seen. <laughs> like I don't know I knew you would I don't it. know like how else to describe <laughs> it. Like I think if we're going by like genre, like I don't know how you can do this type of movie better than this movie. Better, yeah. Like, um Yeah. So basically the story is, like, Clive Owen is a government worker in 2027. Um, the last baby was born 18 years prior. So Like, humanity has been, like, infertile for 18 years, basically. And um, nobody really knows why. Like, there's not really, like, a lot of exposition about, like, what happened. Or there's a lot of different, like, people and, like, groups. And, like, some people think, like, God's punishing the world. And, like, some people think it's this. But it's not really, like, clear. And they don't really ever, like, expose, like, exactly what happened, which I like that decision too. Cause it's kind of like nebulous. Um, it doesn't really matter mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Um, because yeah. like they're in London and it's just literally like, like desolate. desolate, dismal, like there's like terrorist bombings, like going on all over the place. Like, it's just like, doesn't feel like a place you would want to be ever. Um, and you, and you can tell this is going on like throughout the entire world. Like it kind of alludes to the fact that Britain's really the only place that is still trying to kind of keep some semblance of a society going with, um, Mm -hmm. like people going to work and like stuff like that. Um, so he is just going about his day. He kind of is disillusioned. You can tell that he doesn't really like really have the will to live anymore he's just kind of like whatever Mm -hmm. he's almost a part of like a bombing in this like coffee shop at the beginning and he's just kind of like just not really doing well mentally so he goes to visit his friend um Played by Michael Caine, who's kind of like a stoner that like lives in isolation, like hidden away from the world, which was hilarious. Because if you had asked me before I watched this, like, could Michael Caine play a stoner? I would have been like, I don't really <laughs> see that happening. Like he was excellent. Um, he was <laughs> so good at it. Um, so he goes and visits him and you find out like a little bit more detail about like what's going on there. Like they're... Um, <laughs> what do you call it? Uh, Not exporting. Uh, Illegal immigrants. um, Deporting. They're just like basically anybody that comes into the country illegally, they're like rounding up and putting in these like shanty towns, basically, and like not treating them humanely. And um, like a lot of just crazy things are going on. Um,
0: The -hmm. police
1: are all... Didn't... Sorry
0: sorry, uh, didn't the, the last baby that was born, he's 18 now, didn't he get killed or something like that? Or that was like the first
1: up? scene is like, that's on the news. Like the last, the youngest person in the world, like got murdered. Um, sorry. I
0: just wanted to refresh my memory.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so like people are like crying and like canonizing him. Like he's like some sort of like saint or something. Um, but mm-hmm. really you don't really know. It was just like happenstance that he was the last child born um, so yeah so he visits uh, Michael Kane and you fi- find out that like he has some dealings with like a crooked police officer he deals in weed and like all this other stuff but nobody really knows like he's there he lives with his wife who's kind of like catatonic she like I guess had some sort of illness and is just not really there anymore but he takes care of her And um, after that, Clive Owen leaves and he gets, like, kidnapped by this um, anti-government group called the Fishes, which is, like, really closely, like, it's like the Fireflies in The Last of Us. Um, Mm -hmm. And the Fishes have this leader, uh, Julianne Moore, who you find out is his ex-wife and – or ex-partner. I don't know if they were married – um, but so he, basically they capture him cause they have this mission that they need his help to complete, to kind of smuggle this girl, um, to the coast so they can get her onto this boat. Basically he doesn't really know any details other than that. So apparently he has a bunch of connections, um, with government people. He ends up going to, I don't know if this was the prime minister. I don't really know who it was, but it was like somebody like very powerful in London. And this person is living like this lavish, rich lifestyle. You can tell like when they drive in, they drive in through like these gates and you go into basically a different world. Like there's no like rubble. It's like everybody's like picnicking and like you can tell that these are just probably like the rich people that, like, have access mm-hmm. to, like, not live in this, like, crazy way that everybody else is living, basically. Um So he goes, and the, the guy he visits, like, has, like, the, the David statue. He has, like, a Picasso, like, hanging in his, like, dining room. Like, he's just, like, we we mm-hmm. salvaged all this, like, stuff. So there's a lot of... I want the David. Yeah, there's a lot of, <laughs> like... It actually looked a lot bigger than the real David. I don't know if that was to scale, but. um, (laughs) It's huge. I think I've seen it. (laughs) Have I not seen it? I don't know. But. um, Oh, I don't know. So there's a lot of references to like art and literature and like what's going on in the world. Like the fact that this man has like the David in his living room and there's like a pig floating outside of his window which i think is like a reference to animal farm and um the the picasso he has hanging in his dining room is guernica which is like the tragedy of war like basically like depicting like the horrors of humanity basically and he's just like eating his like dinner there and um mm-hmm. chuck bass was in it for like five seconds i don't oh, know he, if he was <laughs> yeah he was like the guy's like son like playing a, like weird video game he didn't have any lines um hell yeah so he basically <laughs> goes to this guy to get uh transfer papers so they can get this girl like to um the coast um, so he gets the papers, and then there, there's a scene where they're, like, all driving the fishes and the girl and him and, like, kind of just, like, having a good time on their little road trip. And then all of a sudden, like, all hell breaks loose. And so, yeah, the scene was, like, mind-blowing. There's a, there's a couple scenes in this movie where it's a one-shot. And, like, it's, yeah. like, we were talking about before, like, the the perspective of, like, driving the car and you're seeing what's going on like outside of the car from inside the car but then also yeah, like
0: looking around the, the
1: camera moves like out and in in like a seamless manner like I I would love yeah there's probably a video somewhere of how they did this because I would love to like see a behind the oh, scenes for sure. but um basically they're driving and then all of a sudden this like car on fire like comes in and like crashes right in front of them and all these like rebels on motorcycles start like chasing them down the road and they're like driving in reverse and
0: yeah um, so I'm
1: just getting excited like they're (laughs) driving in reverse and like it's chaotic and like you don't really know like what's going to happen Julian Moore ends up getting shot and then Clive Owen like is about to get shot and he like opens the car door and like basically like kills the guy on the motorcycle or like very badly injures him because they fly off and they're able to get away and then the they pass like I'm I'm going into very a lot of detail, but like they pass cops going back down the road, and the cops pull them over, and they're like, we have to pull over because there's no way to get away from them. And then um, Chiwetel Ojio for I don't know how to say his name that actor um, he uh, is driving the car, and he gets out and like shoots the cops dead, like. Mm -hmm. Like, the cops are about to call for help because they see the woman, like, bleeding. And then he shoots them dead. And and Clive Owen's like, why did you do that? And, like, he doesn't really understand what's going on. So they finally, like, get Mm -hmm. back to a safe house. And he finds out that these people, the fishes, are protecting this girl because he finds out that the girl is pregnant. And um, he didn't know that up until now. And um, so crazy it was like a crazy reveal she's like with all these cows and like i I don't really understand all that but like um so he's like shook like all of a sudden his like because he wasn't really like he didn't really have any emotional connection to this like mission he was just doing it because like he felt like he would get killed if he didn't basically but now that his Uh ex-wife is dead he's like i'm just gonna go home like i don't want to be a part of this anymore. And then he, once, mm-hmm. once he sees this woman is pregnant, like a glimmer of hope for humanity is like re, like reinvigorated in him. And he's like, okay, yeah. I have to make sure she's like protected. So like, that's where his like motivation comes from. Um, so he finds out in the middle of the night that like the people they're with are not who they think they are. Basically um, the guy, who I can't remember how to pronounce his name, but in the movie, his name is Luke. They thought he was like working with Julianne Moore. It turns out he's the one that had them like set up and like murdered her. And Mm -hmm. so like in the middle of the night, Clive Owen takes the girl and like the girl's like nurse. And he's like, we have to go. And basically before Julianne Moore died, she told the girl, don't trust anybody except... This man, basically, so she's just b- mm-hmm. blindly trusting him because, like, that's all she knows. Like, she she trusted Julian more, and she told her to trust him, so she trusts him. Yeah. So they like secretly sneak out. He like takes all the like power out of everybody's cars, and like they there's this really cool scene where they're like trying to drive away, but the car won't start. So he's like pushing the car in neutral, and like it's like the slowest chase scene. But it was so, like, anxiety-inducing. I was like, oh, my God, start the car, start the car. But, like, it lasts, like, (laughs) five minutes. So I just thought it was so interesting how he could make these, like, because these weren't, like, fast and furious, like, scenes. These were, like, very realistic. Like, this is what it would look like if this was actually happening. Right. But, like, it made you feel so, like, on the edge of your seat. Because, like, mm-hmm. the car's not even going fast. There's this guy, like, running as fast as he can to catch up with the car, and he does. Like, that's yeah. how slow the car is going. So, uh, it was just, like, yeah. I loved It's not like they're stunt drivers. They're just, like, real people trying to drive away. No, yeah. it was very realistic. And so, they, like, get away. He takes them back to Michael Caine's house where they can, like, hide out for, like, a day or so. Until they're actually found by Luke and his, like, group because... Basically, they want to keep her with them. I don't even really under know if I understand, like, the motive, but, like, o- obviously this baby is, like, the most valuable thing in the world right now because there's no yeah. babies. Mm-hmm. Um, so, he, so Clive Owen is just trying to get her to safety and they're just trying to keep her with them. Um, and then, so they find them at Michael Caine's house and they have to escape and then Michael Caine... Uh, Gets killed, which is really sad Um, because, like, obviously he wouldn't have been put in harm's way if, like, Clive Owen hadn't brought them there. But, like, in Michael yeah. Caine's point of view, he's like, at least I had, like, a purpose. <laughs> yeah, a purpose, yeah. I did yeah. something to help a little bit, yeah. So then they, like, drive to – Michael Caine tells him to go to this crooked police officer that is rounding up, like, refugees – because he, like, has a code with him if he says, like, you fascist pig. Like, he knows that he, mm-hmm. he was sent by Michael Caine. Um, So he, they find him, and the cop takes them into a refugee camp. And he's like, once you get into the camp, like, find this woman who will give you shelter till you can get to the coast tomorrow. So they find this woman, and then the morning they're supposed to get to the coast, like, basically – seems like a civil war has broken out or something. And like the cops mm-hmm. are like, they're killing people. Like the insurgents are there killing people. It's just like chaos war. It doesn't really make any sense. And I don't think it's really supposed to. Um mm-hmm. So they're just trying to like run through all these like explosions and shooting and like, it's, li- Oh, she has the baby. I forgot to say that. She literally gives birth. Like once they get into the room and the, um, in the refugee camp they get to the room she like gives birth in like 2 seconds which is like funny and then <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like trying to get her and the baby to this boat um and then like one of the craziest like one shots i've ever seen in my life was when like they capture her again and like he's about to get basically executed and then like shots start ringing out and they like get distracted he runs away mm-hmm. and then it's just him trying to get back to the the pregnant woman and it's like basically like a like a video game point of view where the camera's following closely behind his head and it's also it's mm-hmm. also a not like no cut shot where he's just like running through all this like chaos of war and like being shot at and explosions and like there's blood getting on the camera lens and like it was yeah. literally so effective like i i would also like to watch a documentary about how they did that shot because Mm-hmm. It was really, 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 really cool, like i I don't even know how else to describe yeah. it, um, but then you're also seeing like these little side vignettes of like background actors, like this woman's like holding her son as she's dying, and like the camera keeps kind of getting I don't want to say distracted, but like you're like seeing all this other stuff going on, and then you're, like c- coming yeah. back to the like main story, but there's all these other stories going on simultaneously, right. Um, So he gets the woman and up until now they've been hiding the baby. Like nobody knows there's a baby. Um, And he gets the woman and they have the idea. They're like, well, let's show the baby. No one's going to want to like kill the baby basically. Cause this baby is the only like hope in the world basically. And so there's this really, really cool scene of them like leaving the building. And like, everybody's like stops shooting and just like basically like in awe of seeing a baby because no one's seen a baby in 18 years and it was really cool i almost started crying and then like um and then they get to the boat and you find out that clive owen's been shot but he like made it there and then all you see is like this huge ship coming called the tomorrow and like basically it's coming to like save her and like she'll be she'll be safe and like that was it. That's the whole movie. <laughs> but um, But it was so good. I So good. Yeah, I wanna right? watch it again. I need to make Neek watch it. That yeah. was so good. Like Oh,
0: I was gonna ask if he watched it. I feel like he would like no, it. No, he
1: will he would love it. Like I I think before my rental runs out, he needs to watch it, but
0: was he asleep while you were watching it?
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, I so enjoyed it. Like I said, like there's so much brilliant filmmaking that went into it. The cinematography, the sets, like the direction, like everything was like stellar and the acting and the story and just like everything, like I gave it five stars. Like I was like, I don't, and that's more like a genre thing. Not that I think that like this movie is better than a movie I gave four and a half stars to. But like, I honestly, like in this specific genre of film, like I don't know how you could do a better movie than that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I feel like that I, Uh, that's why I was surprised that you hadn't seen it and kind of was confident that you would like it because I feel like you love those kind of movies, like apocalypse kind of like end of the world and also like post-apocalyptic movies. And I was like, well, this is kind of like one of the hallmarks of it. It's kind of like, I didn't even know. Like I,
1: like I said, I didn't really know what it was about. Like I don't feel like the marketing maybe was like great for this film. Um, I didn't know what it was about at all like uh, I didn't even know there was like a it was a pregnant woman that he was trying to save like until I saw it like I really didn't know what was going mm-hmm. on um so I think and I think it's like haunting almost how like how much you're Realistic. like this could be like this is set in 2027 I'm like is it gonna happen in like three years like I don't know yeah. um it's kind of like the handmade
0: like yeah. um vibe where it's like you're like oh I could see a world where this is like real yeah. um and isn't it cool like just how many like I guess parallels there were to the last mm-hmm. of us and I've only
1: watched a little bit of the last of us but
0: I just think it, it's, I like, a, it's kind of like I wouldn't be surprised I don't a, know when the
1: last of us came out but I wouldn't be surprised if that story is like based on loosely based this. this
0: yeah that's what I I figured because it is so similar, but it's also just like a formula that works where it's like there's one person that holds the key to like fix what has Mm -hmm. happened and we have to protect this person and like figure out how to get them to Mm -hmm. safety or whatever. And yeah, I think that's, that's kind of a a good blueprint
1: for a story. Yeah. So yeah, I gave it five stars. I didn't have a review because I was just like, shocked Um,
0: (laughs) i love i haven't i saw it a long time ago so i don't really remember a lot of the details but like you said i i just remember just like being blown away by the uh uh, technical like achievements Mm -hmm. in it and stuff like that and like i'll i'll never forget like i've said a few times like I'll never forget especially specifically the shot with the motorcycles and the fu- car on fire because I feel like it almost feels like a ride that you would do at like Universal Studios or something yeah. like that like they could make a ride yeah, out of that for sure even though it'd be like scary but <laughs> but like it's kind of like one of those things where you're like the flaming car coming down towards mm-hmm. you and then like the motorcycle is coming after mm-hmm. you like it feels like kind of very immersive Mm -hmm.
1: yeah a lot of like a lot of it like I said I was like how did they pull this off because there's no part of you that once you're like from the first scene you're in that world and it doesn't feel like synthetic it feels like a real world that exists like it it, it's crazy like I just don't even know because the amount of locations they shot like they had in the movie the amount of extras like I said the amount of like Mm. effects that felt practical not like cgi to me i was just like i don't really understand the scale of how they did this so if there's a documentary Mm -hmm. out there about how they made this movie i would like to watch it you should see i bet there is yeah
0: yeah definitely very interesting i'm glad you liked it very yes i loved it (laughs)
1: Loved <laughs> it. And that makes me want to watch more of this director because I don't really know. Quaron. I haven't looked up I haven't looked up his other films, but
0: I don't Did you know. ever see Roma? Uh-uh. That was him. Yeah. I've yeah. never he did Gravity. I never saw Gravity. Uh, never saw that. Um, but yeah, definitely. A very talented director. Um but
1: cool. I don't I still don't really understand why it's called Children of Men.
0: I would assume that's something biblical that's kind of what uh,
1: I thought of, or
0: something like literary. Because I did get a
1: lot like of like cry, kind of like when they they were all being very like bowing to the baby. I was like, okay, this is like a Jesus metaphor.
0: Yeah, but I there were think a lot like- of
1: there was a lot of symbolism, a lot of metaphors, and I, I kind of mentioned it before, but I liked how they left a lot of the details very. Um, like, loose, like, it wasn't, mm-hmm. like, this is exactly what happened, and now these are the people that are in power, and, like, this is what's happening. It was kind of, like, yeah, you, like, you just dropped into it, yeah, put on it, what, and I think that's what keeps it very current, because, like, in any generation, when if you put on this movie, I'm sure you could, like, assign whoever that is, or whoever these people are, or whoever yeah. this group is, like, of what's going on in the world, like, at the right. moment, Like, it feels very, like, recent.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Very kind of, like, uh, what's the word? Like, every man, but, like, every world. (laughs) Like, every every generation, kind of. Yeah, and I
1: love that it was, like, kind of Eurocentric, too, because I feel like we've seen a lot of, like, the apocalypse shows and movies Mm -hmm. in, like, the United States. Right. And it felt like oh, this really is, like, global, like, this is going on everywhere, like. Yeah,
0: it could happen anywhere, (laughs) even though it'll probably happen in America because we're a shit show. (laughs)
1: Literally, but a (laughs) lot of people, I was reading, I was reading um, reviews, and people were like, this movie, like, predicted Brexit.
0: I was like,
1: literally, like, this happened, like, six years after, or, like, 10 years after this movie came out and like what was happening to like refugees and like um, immigrants, like now a decade later is like so closely aligned with what is in the movie. It's crazy. Yeah, exactly.
0: Awesome. Well, that was fu- a fun week of watching up and we're going long. So let's move on to the assignments for next or er- Okay, so we're going to do things a little bit differently this week. Um, yeah. So our theme, as I alluded to before, um, we have a Taurus queen at the center of our theme, who, which is Sophia Coppola. And so um, we decided that this week we're going to just pick our own movies that we want to watch. Um, so... We So do you want to go first and say what movie you decided to watch? Yeah,
1: I really – I love Sofia Coppola. I haven't – I've seen a few of her movies, but I've always wanted to watch Lost in Translation. I haven't yet, so I'm going to assign myself that one.
0: Cool. I'm interested (laughs) to see what you think. I haven't watched it in a while, so I'm not like – I'm not like confident as to whether or not you'll like it. So I want to know if you do, because honestly, I can't even really remember – like my solidified thoughts on it. Um, but the film that I chose to watch is going to be somewhere from 2010. So I've been wanting cool. to watch that one. So I'm going to watch that. Taurus season. Taurus <laughs> season is upon us. We have until uh, May 20th. So take advantage, y'all. <laughs> Go look up your horoscopes and see what the future holds. Yes, Alrighty, y'all. Well, thank you so much for listening today and this week. Um, we are going to be back next week with much more celebrity gossip, uh, updates on things that we're watching, and with an update on our thoughts on the Sofia Coppola movies that we're watching. So please come back. We would love to have you. Yes. Love you, sis. Love you, sis. Bye. Bye.
1: No, no, that's all I have to say.